You're listening to episode eight of the Examine Life podcast. Guys, good morning. It's Thursday, January the 17th, 2019, and you're on the morning drive with Tom. And this morning, I have a very interesting topic. Actually, it's a question. Yesterday, I decided to throw a question out to a lot of people with my contacts and my phone, a few people on social media, different things like that. People are normally, people that are normally in my circle somewhat. And the question was, is Black History Month still relevant in the black community? That's pretty much what the question was. In fact, I added a line that says, if so, why? Because I wanted people to kind of qualified a statement in terms of what their position was with Black History Month. Now, we're smack dab in the middle of January, or actually on the other side, because it's January the 17th. And February is the celebration of Black History Month. I know growing up as a child that existed and It's not only here in the United States. In fact, as late as 2014, the country of Ireland celebrates Black History Month in February. So I think Iceland, Ireland, I know Canada, there's about four countries on this planet that celebrates Black History Month. For the United States, we know that Most of us are familiar with a gentleman by the name of Carter G. Woodson. Now, Carter G. Woodson, of course, is the son of former slaves. Carter G. Woodson was born in the late 1800s, I think somewhere in 1875. And he lived, I think he died at about the age of 73 or 75. I think he died in 18, I mean, in 1950 or something like that. But Carter G. Woodson being the son of a formal slave and coming from a large family, didn't have the typical opportunity that we see today to choose universities to go to, schools of higher learning, or even parochial or primary grammar schools. In fact, during that time, there probably was only one or two black colleges to attend. And what I do know is Carter G. Woodson says that he is mainly self-taught. He kind of was educated outside of the school system, even though he was able to share classroom time with his family. Again, coming from a large family, they had to rotate the kids in terms of who would get an opportunity to go to attend some of the schools or the border room schools or what have you during that daytime. Carter G. Woodson is also the person that I've actually learned that term autodidact. Autodidacts are individuals who are pretty much self-taught, self-educated, self-learned. Now, that doesn't mean that these are people who go to sleep one night and just through a process of osmosis or some nice dreams that they have in the realm of academia that they wake up all bright and educated and informed. No, it doesn't mean that at all. An autodidact is a person that found some kind of method, some type of strategy to become well-versed at being 
self-taught and hopefully had opportunities to be exposed to new information, different information, ETC. And these are the things that we want to consider when we talk about learning and different aspects of education. Because as we all know, it's not about the school you go to. It's not necessarily, well, it can be about the school that you go to. I don't want to discount or even suggest that schools are equal. They have some type of equanimity or parity across the board of resources, funding, types of teachers, types of learning. We know that that's not true. Um, we do have a wide range of variety in the school systems, be it at the lower level of grammar school, middle school, high school, all the way up through the universities. I'm just merely stating that autodidacts are individuals who for the most part, they find that will, they have that thing about themselves. And the reason why I can speak a little more concerning or a little more conservative, assertive about that is because I am one. I pride myself somewhat on, in a modest way on a lot of the skill set, a lot of craft that I have honed in on and developed comes not by way of the traditional script of, you know, you find a vocational school, you find a college or a university that's offering them courses and you do the whole two, four, six year track on that. In, in fact, my livelihood today and all of the money, 100% of any capital that I earn today to pay bills, to provide the basic necessities through my day-to-day -day living is as a result of me being an autodidact, being self-taught, self-learned. And again, reminding you, reminding you, this has nothing to do with high IQ and, and um, you, you know, you having epiphanies and you just go to sleep and you wake up with this immense amount of knowledge or at least some level of it that's just gonna allow you to move about as if. No, it still requires those attributes that it does for anybody who goes to school, who follows that normal script, work, ethics, integrity, sacrifice, that willingness, that oomph, to gird yourself up, that inner self, that part of you that knows you. Now let me get back to the question that was asked. I was just using me as a real life example of me being able to connect and understand and respect Carter, G's, Carter G. Woodson's position, even though he was a learned man in a lot of ways. Again, the question of, is it still relevant for African-Americans or people in the black community to even celebrate or acknowledge Black History Month. Now, I receive many responses, um, overwhelmingly, in fact. I was, I was impressed. I don't know that many people, right? A few dozen, maybe 50 people that I sent it out to. I was not really expecting 90% response rate. There were some individuals I sent it to, they never responded, 
but these individuals I sent it to are are well aware and are definitely qualified to respond to the question. Um, but again, 90% of the responses that I did receive, man, they range from an extreme no. Like, these are African Americans I sent it to. And they were like, no, it doesn't make any sense. It's a waste of time. The whole idea of acknowledging and celebrating it during the month of February is just a hoax. And it's a disservice to the contributions that African Americans made to this country and the world abroad. Okay, I get that in that context. Then on the other end of it, it was comments like, I don't necessarily celebrate it beyond being happy that I'm off that day from work, but they push it for their kids. They encourage the youth. They feel like no matter what their position is on recognizing or celebrating it, they find it very useful and they feel like, you know, the youth should be exposed to it and they should be given the option to grow beyond that or not. So what does that mean? What does that mean for me? I understood that. <laughs> I mean, I didn't have an issue with that. Anytime we, and if you, we as a people, even though we're not bought in anymore, if you still see the need and the necessity and the potential good that it could do for a community, for a group of people, more specifically in this case, different age groups within the African-American or black community, you got my vote, I agree with that. Then there were other comments like, I've never celebrated it. It doesn't make much sense to me that we would acknowledge Black History Month for 27 days or 28 days or whatever, February, 29 days on leap years, whatever. And that was their position. They never agreed with it. And that's the position that they took. Now, let me say this. I get that conceptually. I get that parenthetically or, or, in the, or paradoxically, more specifically. In addition to that, it also represents that that type of thinking is a more one that I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not at a loss for words, but I don't want to insult anyone, but I'll just say what word I know. That seems more of a less mature type of thinking. When I was maybe 15, I could see saying that. I could see saying, no, I don't acknowledge Black History Month beyond being off out of school if I was in school or out of work if I was in work. Why? Because it doesn't make sense to me to, to acknowledge. What do you want me to do? Turn a switch on in my mind that for the 28 days, 29 days on a leap year on a particular month is all about black history. And then after that, just shut it down. Just go cold. No, I don't acknowledge that. Now at 15, as a young black male, I could see that thinking. But these particular people, 
some of them, they're over 35. They're over 40, they're over 50. To still have that frame of mind that you cannot articulate or have vision beyond the concept of a box of dates, then I don't know. That reason comes up short for me. I don't really, I wouldn't really co-sign that one. That comes up real short for me. As a mature adult, our vision, our thinking goes beyond anybody deciding to box us in on some particular dates about a celebratory moment. Perfect example. We acknowledge maybe some of us, in, in fact, if we go back to the reason for um, Black History Month and me mentioning Carter G. Woodson's name, Carter G. Woodson is not necessarily the reason, well, let me say this, Carter G. Woodson was not the person who made or pushed Black History Month. But he very well is the reason. He's the precursor. Why? Because in 1926, it was Carter G. Woodson's push of establishing a Black History Week that made it a holiday or recognizable, not necessarily at the time as a national holiday, but recognizable through this country. Black History Week started in 1926. Black History Month wasn't written in or voted on, I don't think, until 1969. And then in February 1970 was the first year that it was celebrated on a national level, or at least at a state level. The reason why the month of February was even chosen was to coincide with two particular birth dates of what many even in the black community, post-slavery, civil rights era, Jim Crow era, all of that. So I'm going all the way back to slavery, post-slavery, all the way up to the 60s, covering that, two birthdays of significance. Abraham Lincoln, which is February the 12th, and Frederick Douglass. February the 14th, what, Valentine's Day? Yeah, Frederick Douglass. Those two birthdays, those two gentlemen was two very significant people of position and people, persons of influence. People of position being that of who? Abraham Lincoln, President of the United States. People of influence being that of who? Frederick Douglass. His ability, his wherewithal to go across this country in areas that he was able to do so without being arrested, confined, or shackled and speak about the injustice and the inhumaneness, the catastrophe of slavery as an institution and beyond that, in terms of the morality of human beings, was just insurmountable then 
and to be recognized even to those unbeknowing of it now. So this, this was the reason behind Carter G. Woodson. And this is Carter G. Woodson stating this. This is not me coming up with my own thinking. So everybody listening to us say, man, I don't think that was it. You can think what you want, man. Or miss. You can think what you want. See, that's the difference, right? That's, that's, and I know that's a different area. That's a different subject matter. But a lot of us realize in the black community is we've learned tidbits of data, little snippets of information decades ago. Having done any research, having updated your own database, any of that. And so what happens is you're presented with information that you can actually research for verification, such as the things that I'm presenting here, these dates and times and all of this, paraphrasing different things. These are not my words. These are Carter G. Woodson, right? So you can do some research. Do some fact research, right? Fact finding. Upgrade your database. But anyway, relax. So that was the precursor to that. Now, it was the student body at Kent University that basically set it off for Black History Month to go beyond that week. The question still being, in my question, to my contact, to people who are in my circle, is it even still relevant to acknowledge and celebrate Black History Month? And if so, why? And the responses were incredible, I thought. I mean, the younger people, people that I'm related to that's under 25, under 30, even under 40, they, I was very surprised that they were still in. They found it significant. They found it significant for their kids, for their babies, for the school, for the youth. And I was kind of happy to hear that. You know, I was, I really was. I, so a little surprised, but not too much surprised in the positions of older people, not older, but more seasoned people who were stating things like, hell no. Some Somebody who I actually respect their education. And, I mean, me and this guy, we, we always chopping it up on a more cerebral, beyond academic or procedural levels because we realize that you know, there's there's things and there's things beyond things. And we we speak at that level, but he even, he was saying like, when well, people need something to celebrate, you know? And I was like, I, and he was saying that joking. I think he was joking, you know, cause this guy, you know, his life is so serious, man. He has to tell jokes. But anyway, again, I was surprised about the responses. But I was welcomely surprised, you know. And um, out of the 50, 55 people that I sent it to, I had a 90% response rate. But anyway, um, Carter G. Woodson. In fact, let me show you something. 
This book right here I have is The Miseducation of the Negro. I probably read this book six times, three times last year. I'm going to read it again this year. Pick up a book. Stop reading 163 characters and, and um, making these quick comments and cliches based on what somebody said in a half a sentence and then reinforcing that with your um, ineptitude of darkness, should I say. Be Socratic. Be Socratic. I'm going to close it out with that. Be Socratic, okay? Find a reason, find a way, find a will. Be Socratic and get up out that dogma. You're listening to episode eight of the Examine Life podcast 